one antenna on the goby. When danger approaches, the goby signals and disappears inside the burrow. The shrimp is right behind him. Neither the goby nor the shrimp can survive without each other, so pairs are established for life when both goby and shrimp are very young. For this system to work, both goby and shrimp reproductive systems, which differ greatly, are synchronized so that shrimp and goby youngsters are ready to pair at the same time. This astonishing relationship is another example of our Lord's attention to the finest details of His creation. For Creation Moments Minute, I'm Darren Marlar. Jiggy Jaguar is better than me. So, I'm totally serious about that, too. Welcome back to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program, coast-to-coast and border-to-border, hour number three of our big broadcast. Thanks for joining us today. Get a hold of us on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, download the brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the Android store 24-7 replay, exclusive news, stream the show live, JiggyJaguar.us. You can find it over there, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com on the TuneIn apps and Radio Loyalty. We are live Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Milton Standard, of course. 24-7 from the KJAG Radio Studios in downtown Hutchinson, Kansas. Selected editions will be available on iHeartRadio. 50-plus AM FM stations in the big network. Our telephone number, 267-22-JIGGY. On demand. Commercial-free podcasts are available. $5 a month for our website. It's red linked on the homepage, JiggyJaguar.com. The Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast is brought to you by our fabulous, fabulous friends. Oh, yeah. These folks are absolutely Absolutely amazing. Rebel Razor. Oh, that's right. Rebelrazor.unlv.edu slash project slash 1884. Support digital storytelling through gaming. Yes, right. Digital storytelling matters to today's college students. This Rebel Razor campaign seeks to raise a total of $25,000 to increase access to digital storytelling for students in their courses and to gauge the interest and success of having gaming equipment available for students right here on the UNLV campus. This pilot program made possible through the help of the UNLV's Lied Library will allow the placement digital gaming equipment, consoles and games, and of course reserve for their classes. The materials will be handed in the uh, same manner as personal items. They'll uh, be reserved. Professors will handle them. This is a totally, totally great program. This is an innovative pilot program. We want you to uh, check it out today because it's going to expand the study of digital storytelling at UNLV. Check out rebelrazor.unlv.edu slash UNLV gaming. Students are writing critical thinking improvs in their courses when they study digital storytelling and... Published and respected scholars are involved in this one. Check out rebelrazor.unlv.edu slash unlvgaming and tell them you heard about it here. 
Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get into it with our next segment here on our big program. And we go back to the telephones at 33 minutes after the hour. We've got our great friend Dan Perkins with us today. And Dan is going to pitch hit here for IQI Rizzoli, who is, uh, I hope he's okay. Uh, he said he had an emergency situation, so I'm hoping that uh, he's okay. But, uh, Dan, let's talk about our best friends over there, the uh, Death to America Death to America friends over there in Iran. Um, while we've been talking about uh, Trump and we've been talking about everybody else, we've kind of ignored Iran. Uh, what's some of the different things you've been hearing about them? I know that you wrote the, uh, the incredible trilogy, The Brotherhood of the Red Nile, which is just incredible. Uh, tell us about some of the latest over there with Iran. What's going on over there is that there's a there's a a shift in ISIS in that they are less interested, but not not they have it abandoned, but less interested in what's going on in Syria and Iraq, and more interested in spreading out throughout the world, specifically right now in Western Europe and the United States. Um, I'm continually amazed. Uh, Two stories, one within the last few days, one a little older. Let me deal with the older story. Okay. Uh, There was a nuclear material storage facility uh, in Iraq outside of, of Baghdad. And several cases of nuclear material disappeared. Wow. And nobody nobody seems to know where it went. Now, we follow that um, with the attack in Brussels. Um, the backstory on the attack in Brussels is that several guards in the Brussels nuclear reactor facilities were killed and their ID was taken. And the the belief is that they're looking to get fusionable material to create dirty bombs. Wow. They believe they that they can create a, a weapon of mass destruction with enough nuclear material that would fit about the size of a softball in your hand and have it detonated would would not only kill a lot of people, it would contaminate area. I mean, it's, it's basically chapter and verse out of my first book. The, the development of converting old Soviet Union suitcase dirty bombs into into weapons of mass destruction. Holy smokes. Uh, I, I have no doubt, Jim, I, and, and I'm, I'm amazed that there is very little reporting about this movement of nuclear material. Uh, this this attack in uh, on Easter in Pakistan, where the hundreds and hundreds of Christians were killed on Easter sunrise service. Yes. Um, it's all part of an overall plan. Remember that the best estimate that we have at the moment is that India has somewhere between 50 and 100 nuclear weapons. 
and um, they are uh, an unstable government, an unstable philosophy. And I think that that we're seeing a um, part of my novel playing out in that that ISIS knows that if they're going to continue to have influence and control and use terrorism to control people, um, the idea of using beheadings is not working. Now, I, I, I want to tell you a story about my younger sister. She's here with us in Florida, and uh, she flew over before the attack in Brussels. And she said to me, we were at Walt Disney World, and we were at the um, the um, World Showcase in Epcot for the fireworks display at 9 o'clock. And there yeah. were thousands and thousands of people. We were walking back to the car, my wife and myself and my sister, we were holding hands so nobody would get lost. We get back in the car and she says to me, you know, I'm getting really nervous about flying back to Ohio. I said, why? She said, well, those, the people who blew up the, the terminal, they blew up only American, American airline companies. They didn't attack any other non-American airlines. Only, I think it was American, Delta, Delta, and I forget who the third one was. But the bomb went off specifically in the terminal area where the American airlines were uh, congregated. So she's now concerned about flying back to Columbus, Ohio. And so what I said to her, I said, if you, if you have that fear, then the terrorists have won. Because if you understand that terrorism is a function of intimidation through using um, uh, tactics, both physical and mental, to, to go after uh, governments and individuals and to intimidate them to a way of thinking or a way of life that they prefer, that's exactly what the terrorists are doing. I, I think that what was amazing to me is that they're now talking about there may be as many as a hundred cells of ISIS terrorists throughout all of Europe. And that, that Paris and Brussels was just the beginning. Now, on our Tuesday night show on, on your program yes, with your wonderful, wonderful guest, he said that he believed that terrorism and ISIL and ISIS, whatever you want to call it, is going to be with us for, and I believe he used the word, Jim, decades. Yes. It's going to be around a long time. And if, if we're dealing with the intimidation at these levels now, what is it going to look like? the next phase. Well, I can tell you that I honestly believe the next phase will be nuclear weapons. And they will bring them here. They will attack us. And we have people in our government who do not want to deal with it because of their political correctness. They do not want to offend. The problem is that in the Middle East, you have countries like Egypt and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and the Sudan and other countries who are radically opposed to what ISIS is doing um, but uh, because of the 
religious conflict between the Sunnis and the Shiites are really sometimes reluctant to get involved unless they're absolutely threatened. You know, I, I keep thinking about what's going on over there. And and it, it is a part of the world that is it's been in, it's been in conflict for centuries, many centuries, and um, and Russia thought they could come in and convert the Afghanis to a different way of life. We went in and thought we could do something with Iraq and, and Afghanistan, and then we we gave this unbelievable deal and money to Iran with their nuclear program, which is going to be the feeder of nuclear material, I believe, to terrorist organizations. And we have no power to uh, interfere with what Iran's doing with the development of nuclear weapons. Wow. It's a very, very <laughs> scary, very, very scary. And I had a conversation yesterday with a gentleman um, not on the radio, just an individual who had read, read my book, and he said what he thought was more terrifying than the nuclear attack in my first novel yeah. was the attack on, on the electrical grid. That um, if we lose the electrical grid in the United States, how can we function without electricity? We can't. Yeah, and so what he's saying, what he's saying is, you, you talked about in my book. I talk about taking out the the power plant outside of New York City, across the river in Jersey City, and Hoover Dam, yeah, outside of Las Vegas, which supplies electricity for, not only for Las Vegas and Nevada, but half of Southern California. But but in the in the case of uh, of that, I said I understand. The electricity. What most people in this country don't understand is that we have very little reserve capacity. You know that I was in Germany in mid-December, uh, and as I was traveling through the central, the Bavarian region of Germany, uh, I was talking to the natives of how things were going with the fact that the German government closed down all the nuclear reactors. Yeah, and and has and have built massive wind farms and uh, solar farms, and what they're saying is that there are brownouts all over Germany, and so the only thing the government could do was to go into the European grid and buy electrical power, and the principal supplier to Germany for electrical power is France, that's coming from nuclear reactors, but even even Europe does not have significant. Um, uh, excess capacity on the grid. We have virtually very little reserve capacity in the United States, and so we are. That's one of the areas in which we are vulnerable to an attack that doesn't necessarily have to be nuclear. But if it is nuclear, it makes it almost impossible for us to go in and try and clean up the mess uh, because of the uh, the half life of of radioactive material is such a long period of time. I mean, look at Chernobyl in Russia. They're, they're not going back in there. There are people that are visiting, but they're not rehab. They're not rebuilding the city. They're not encouraging people to live there. And it's been decades since that accident happened. So it's, I think that the, the next level of terrorism is going to have to expand 
the number of people that are being killed or hurt. The hundreds will will lose its luster and its shock value, much like the first beheading has lost began to lose its shock value. I think the same thing is going to be true as it relates to uh, these these attacks in airports and train stations. They're going to be looking for ways to kill more and more people, and it's going to be bigger and more powerful bombs, which means it's going to lead to, eventually, nuclear weapons. We're going to take one final time out here with Dan Perkins. When we come back, we will chat and have one more segment with the best-selling author, and also check out thehill.com, dailysurge.com, and reaganbaby.com for his articles. We've got more coming up with Dan Perkins. Oh, 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 oh. 